Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Happy Monday, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And got a busy, busy, could have had a couple more busies. Busy, busy Monday show for you tonight, or today. I was gonna, already thinking ahead about tonight's slate. This is all right. Let, let, let me reset here because uh, I need to be here right now uh, talking to you about uh, the, the day ahead, the week ahead, uh, and already I'm thinking about tonight's slate. Uh, but let, let's start there. Uh, it uh, you know, should be a decent-sized slate, but uh, the weather may have something to say about that. So uh, a little bit later on, not only will we look at the lineups that are coming in, as we typically do here on the show, but look at uh, the weather and how that might affect your decisions. Probably not for the week, but for your daily lineup leagues, uh, definitely we will check in on that. There's a whole mess of injury updates uh, that you'll need to hear to set those uh, weekly lineups. Uh, so a lot of critical ones there. Uh, interesting night uh, Sunday, or I should say day Sunday, uh, in terms of bullpen activity and uh, some some blow-ups, some interesting usage patterns. Uh, just a lot of interesting stuff to get to. And your Twitter questions, you came through with them. I'm going to answer them. Uh, so anyways, let's get on with it. Uh, first of all, the, the big thing that should definitely grab your attention is that, uh, Chris Getz, uh, the uh, director of player development for the White Sox told WSCR AM in Chicago that Eloy Jimenez is close to getting the call. And this isn't one of those ones like a couple months back when it was like, Oh, Vladdy Jr. Is getting promoted to AAA. <laughs> no, this is the real deal. Eloy Jimenez uh, hasn't been called up yet, but apparently uh, it's getting very, very close to the time uh, when we will see him in the majors. And he's going to be a must-add. I mean, there's all kinds of players that come up. Uh, you know, recently we had uh, Tyler O'Neill uh, coming up just as an example. Uh, and not necessarily, I mean, they're, they're, they're players that should be added widely, but not necessarily everywhere. Jimenez is somebody who needs to be added everywhere. I mean, everywhere. So uh, <laughs> go go get him now if he's available, because uh, by the time that we get the uh, official announcement that he's coming up, probably going to be too late. So uh, I don't know that he's necessarily going to be called up soon enough that he's worth starting this week. I, I think I would go conservative on that call. Plus, you know, let's say let's say he gets called up today or let's say he gets called up on Tuesday or Wednesday. It's, it'd still be nice to see how he handles those first few uh, days in the majors. But it may not necessarily be that soon. I don't know how close uh, it is when Chris Getz says it's close. So we'll just have to uh, have to pay attention and see. Uh, Aaron Judge, uh, of course, he's been out for a little while, uh, sustaining the chip fracture in his right wrist. He still has not swung a bat, according to a recent report from MLB.com. 
So the initial timetable for Judge was uh, about three weeks out, which to me sounded optimistic. But as I, the disclaimer that I have to issue on pretty much every show is that I'm not a medical doctor. So just because three weeks sounds optimistic to me doesn't mean it is. But he has not swung a bat yet, so that timetable does seem to be a bit up in the air, uh, unfortunately. And also some not great news for Chris Sale was initially thought that it would be a minimum 10-day stay for him on the DL. Uh, He is not going to return when eligible on Wednesday, and he also won't be ready by Thursday either, uh, according to the Boston Globe. So uh, the rotation is now set for the Red Sox for their uh, Toronto series, and it's going to be Drew Pomeranz and Brian Johnson and then Rick Porcello. So no Chris Sale in there whatsoever against the Blue Jays. Doesn't necessarily mean that uh, Sale won't be pitching this week, but I don't think we're going to be able to uh, have that that information, have that knowledge for sure about whether or not he's going to start this week. So I don't have Sale in any of my leagues, but if I did, I would almost certainly be sitting him this week unless it was maybe AL only or some very deep format where... Uh, you know, taking the zero might be better than my next best uh, my next best option. So, uh, unfortunately, we don't have more specific information on uh, on Chris Sale. Lance McCullers has uh, been placed on the DL. This happened on Sunday. Placed on the DL with right elbow discomfort. Astros have not yet named a replacement, although one of the names that's been speculated on is Brad Peacock uh, going back to the rotation. That would make a lot of sense. I would think probably Brad Peacock or Colin McHugh, although McHugh's had really tremendous success in the bullpen this year and has been pitching in some some uh, uh, higher leverage uh, situations. So I, I would tend to think it's probably going to be uh, going to be Brad Peacock, uh, but we'll see. If, if I had to speculate, and I didn't speculate on anyone from the, the bullpen or from the minors. Uh, if I did, though, it, it would have been uh, Brad Peacock. And also, just uh, a very short while ago, the Astros also placed George Springer on the DL uh, with his thumb injury. So they're really playing quite a bit, uh, quite a bit short-handed. And uh, also, uh, just adding to the the bad uh, injury news for the Astros, Jose Altuve has been ruled out for uh, games against the Giants both uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, so he has gone back to Houston to get evaluated by team doctors, according to The Athletic. And we'll continue on with the Astros news here. On Sunday, uh, Roberto Osuna was reinstated uh, from his 75-game suspension in, in uh, for his uh, violation of Major League Baseball's domestic violence policy. Uh, also, uh, A.J. Hinch has said, really counter to much of the speculation that I had been reading. Uh, Hinch said that for the time being, Hector Rondon will continue to be the closer. So he certainly left the door open, but there wasn't like, uh, I'm trying to think of, well, okay, Ken Giles going to Toronto in that trade uh, where John Gibbons came out and said, well, we're going we're gonna to use Giles in one game and then he's going to be our closer. So it's nothing quite definitive like that in regard to Rondon and Osuna. So certainly... Uh, as I've been uh, offering uh, uh, on the show uh, pretty much daily here, the advice: don't uh, don't drop Hector Rondon. And, and frankly, he's earned the the closer's role. He's he's earned. I think uh, it's obviously not my decision, 
but I'm not sure why you would fix it uh, if it's not broken. He's been really, really good uh, as the uh, as the Astros closer. So moving away from the Astros now, a bunch of other news too. Uh, Mike Trout has not played since Wednesday, so he sat out the weekend, uh, still uh, killing from that wrist injury that he sustained. So he he's considered day to day. That makes it a very tricky situation uh, as to what to do about Mike Trout. I've not seen anything to indicate that he's going on the DL. So I think in a lot of situations, I probably would sit the player in question who hasn't played in uh, in five days. But because it's Mike Trout, because I've not even heard a whisper about him going on the DL, I would probably start Mike Trout. But I would certainly wait <laughs> a couple more hours. You have have a few more hours. Uh, I would wait and see if there's any more updates on Trout. But for right now, uh, still considered day-to-day and, and would look like a, a pretty good bet to be worth playing this week. Got another tricky situation here with D. Gordon. He sat out both Saturday and Sunday, uh, and I've not seen anything about D. Gordon possibly going to the DL. Uh, now, that's maybe a, a little bit of an easier call to make than Mike Trout because as uh, valuable as Gordon could be for fantasy, if maybe uh, you don't necessarily need the steals, you know, for a week, you know, or steals and runs, I think would be the other category where maybe you would, you'd be taking a bit of a hit by replacing D. Gordon this week. But uh, because, you know, he is something of a category specialist, uh, I, I think it's, a, there's, there's more paths that you could go down to, uh, to possibly sitting him this week. But in the proverbial vacuum, I think I'd start D. Gordon as well. Uh, we've got some Dodgers injury updates. Matt Kemp has an ankle contusion, uh, but uh, he could return by Tuesday. Again, that's another one that I think I would check uh, check on. Uh, I personally did not start uh, Kemp this week. So, uh, you know, he's enough of a borderline call. Plus, he's just not been playing every day lately. So the fact that he maybe doesn't come back on Tuesday or comes back and is not 100%, that's enough for me to say uh, you're going to the bench, Matt Kemp. Yasso Puig, he has a sore oblique, and it's a similar injury to what he had that put him on the DL earlier. But again, nothing yet to indicate that Puig would go back on the DL. But outside of deeper leagues, I think I would sit Puig as well for many of the same reasons that I would avoid Matt Kemp. Uh, both of those updates, by the way, coming to us from MLB.com. And I would just add, too, I'm going to talk about Max Muncy later on in the show, but uh, with those two uh, outfielders, Puig and Kemp, possibly uh, possibly missing some time, maybe not, but maybe that bodes well for uh, Muncy. Uh, and you, know, you could certainly think of others, uh, Enrique Hernandez, Chris, Chris Taylor, uh, where you know their chances for playing time are probably enhanced somewhat this week. But uh, as far as Muncy goes, and I'll bring this up again later on the show, but he's just really in a, in a bad, bad rut. So even if the playing time is there, I do not want to start Mac, Max Muncy this week. I went out in one league and picked up Johan Camargo pretty much for the sole purpose of being able to sit Max Muncy. Uh, Camargo's, I like Camargo. He certainly would not be my top choice in this particular format, which is a 12-team mixed league. But he was the best available, and I certainly would would have taken uh, Camargo or probably two or three other waiver options over Muncie this week. But I'll get into the details of that a little bit later on in the show. 
Uh, just earlier on Monday, Mike fires that trade finally happened. So uh, the Tigers will not be starting the fires again. Uh, going to California, going to Oakland specifically. Uh, A's sending back to the Tigers either two players to be named later or cash considerations. Uh, so Mike fires finally an Oakland athletic. Robinson Cano is scheduled to begin his rehab assignment with AAA Tacoma on Monday night. He will not be eligible uh, to join uh, the Mariners until August 14th as he's working way back from his uh, PED suspension. Uh, but uh, that, that time is coming uh, just a little over a week away. And also Cano uh, just read uh, right, right before starting the show here, he's not going to do his whole rehab with AAA Tacoma. He's going to go to uh, single A Everett. Actually, I think that's short season A. Uh, just to stay in, you know, uh, close to Seattle and not uh, do all sorts of traveling. But uh, Cano's return is is pretty much imminent, and he will probably play quite a bit at first and or third base uh, to keep D. Gordon in the lineup, assuming Gordon is healthy enough to play, which uh, a week from now I would certainly think he would be. So uh, if you are a uh, Ryan Healy owner, that's certainly something you have to prepare for. And uh, also uh, another preview of a hitter from the standouts portion of the show, Kyle Seeger, who had a two-homer game on Sunday, he potentially could lose some value with uh, Cano yeah. getting uh, rejoining the roster, getting activated. Uh, and I'll talk more about Seeger's specific situation because while it might seem like Healy would be the, the bigger loser in terms of playing time, that's not entirely clear to me. So... Uh, we'll explore that a little bit more later on uh, in the show. Tyler O'Neill, who I just mentioned a little bit earlier, he actually was just placed on the DL with uh, groin inflammation. So uh, he looked like he was going to benefit from some some playing time, but uh, it's, a, it's another loss to the Cardinals outfield there. So suddenly a, a, just a, an overpacked outfield situation has thinned out quite a bit. Uh, with Tommy Pham getting traded and, and uh, Dexter Fowler getting hurt. So certainly tons of playing time for Harrison Bader right now, but Tyler O'Neill to the 10-day DL. Padres let a couple of players go via the waivers over the weekend. Tyson Ross was claimed by the Cardinals. Jordan Lyles was claimed by the Brewers. So uh, the big one, obviously, there's Tyson Ross. Not clear who's going to take his spot in the Padres rotation, although it certainly, I think, would solidify things for Robbie Erlin, who's really had a nice season and had a very nice first turn in the rotation last week. Uh, but for the Cardinals, I think you're looking at either uh, John Gant or um, Austin Gomber, who just, just joined the rotation. Probably one of those two, almost certainly one of those two, uh, going back to the uh, going back to the bullpen. So uh, we'll keep tabs on that. But Tyson Ross, uh, now a St. Louis Cardinal. Uh, Daniel Robertson had surgery on his left thumb. He is most likely out for the season, according to MLB.com. And in a related move this weekend, the Rays called up Brandon Lau. If you wonder who that is, uh, it's same guy as who you might think is Brandon Lowe. I thought it was pronounced Lowe. Uh, it's pronounced Lau. Brandon Lau uh, called up from AAA Durham. Had a fantastic time there uh, in 2,200, excuse me, 205 plate appearances, batting 304 with 14 home runs. And he played on Sunday, started in left field, also moved over to second base. He could split time between the outfield and second base 
and with Robertson gone, uh, should pick up quite a bit of, of playing time. So I picked him up in a couple of 15-teamers, and uh, I would recommend you try that as well if he's available. Uh, some nice upside there. Sean Kelly was uh, traded from the Nationals to the A's over the weekend, so A's have been very busy uh, last couple of days. Uh, Kelly was was pretty much his, his fate was sealed. Had a, an incident uh, roughly a week ago where uh, he left the game. He was upset. He glared at the dugout and uh, team kind of took that as a sign of, of disrespect. Uh, and so he's gone. He's uh, he's with Oakland now. And said uh, he's given up a lot of home runs this season, which Sean Kelly has been prone to do at times over his career. And Greg Holland has an agreement with the Nationals. So Kelly out and Greg Holland apparently going to be in. Uh, with the Nationals, that report coming to us from uh, John Heyman of FanCred Sports. And Luis Valbuena was designated for assignment by the Angels. So that pretty much gets us caught up in terms of the news items. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of interesting stuff going on on bullpens uh, over the weekend, particularly on Sunday. Very, very interesting day. So I do want to run down some of those developments. Uh, I did a Twitter poll involving Chris Archer. That might give you a thought or two about whether or not to start him this week. And I've got your Twitter questions all queued up to answer after the break. So stick around. I'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and thank you so much for tuning in. As I uh, mentioned just before the break, I've got your uh, Twitter questions all lined up, written, ready to answer those. Uh, we've got uh, some bullpen developments uh, to go over here. A uh, whole lot to get to, uh, plus, of course, the usual review of the recent standout performances and what that might mean for you in terms of add drops, start sit, buy low, sell high, all those good things. Uh, all of that coming up. Uh, however, first of all, uh, just to remind you, we are giving away more World Series tickets here on FNTSY Sports Radio Network. And this time it's the winner of free DFS fan, uh, DFS baseball contests. Contests are sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. And while 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their families, 70%, that's nearly 14,000 people each year, they must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. You can find out how you can help the cause and win 2018 World Series tickets by playing free Daily Fantasy Baseball. Just go to DailyRoto.com slash DKMS. That's DailyRoto.com slash DKMS. It's your ticket to the World Series and blood cancer patients ticket to life. All righty. Uh, so let me get to those uh, bullpen developments uh, because I, I do want to get to your Twitter questions. I'm going to get to those really, really shortly. But uh, there's one thing in particular that I think might have gotten a, a, a little bit lost this weekend. 
maybe not though, because it was a high profile game Sunday night, Red Sox, Yankees. And so I'm sure you didn't miss the fact that Araldus Chapman blew a save. Uh, it was just his second blown save of the year, but the second appearance within a week or so where he had uh, walked three batters and, uh, his control hasn't necessarily shown up in every appearance he's made lately uh, because uh, on some occasions he's, he's been able to get batters to chase after the bad pitches, but over his last six appearances combined. So this is not just a one or a two shot deal over his last six appearances in a row combined Raldis Chapman has thrown 31.7% of his pitches in the strike zone. That is an abysmal ratio that's really bad and it's really hard to sustain any sort of success with control that that's that's that bad uh and I, i've talked uh, at, at times about pitchers like uh, patrick corbin kyle gibson i know i've talked a lot about kyle gibson how he's been really wild in fact those two among starters are the wildest pitchers in terms of the percentage of, of pitches that they throw in the strike zone as the, the lowest proportion but both have been pretty successful consistently, Corbin in particular, uh, because they have been able to get swings on pitches out of the zone. But they're at, you know, I'm, I'm doing this from memory, and, and it might have changed, you know, over the last start or two. But they've been in the neighborhood of, I think, like 36, 37% of their pitches in the zone. I mean, anything under 40 is legitimately wild. And they're a tick or two below that. So, you know, they're definitely walking a sort of tightrope. But with Aroldis Chapman over the last six appearances being below 32%, I mean, that's that's being on the tightrope with, like, the, the tightrope being, you know, uh, covered in Crisco oil, Crisco oil or something. I mean, that's, uh, that's not going to be sustainable. So with relievers, we, we do have to take these kinds of trends with a massive grain of salt because six appearances is usually six innings. You know, if it, if it goes particularly badly, maybe it's, you know, five innings or four and two thirds or something like that. You know, but even in the best case scenario, uh, you're not talking about a lot of innings. And Chapman, we've seen this before from him. And he, he always recovers. So I'm not saying uh, even necessarily to, I don't know, uh, try to sell Chapman to a sell low, which is almost never really a great idea. Um, I don't know if, if you should buy low. On Chapman, it's just something to to watch, and I think, you know, if he has a couple more appearances where maybe he gets away with it, like he has in some of his uh, outings recently, then you know you you start thinking about maybe at the very least, and maybe maybe you take this step immediately, which is if you're a Chapman owner, bench him this week, if you know, particularly if it's a shallow enough league where you have a little bit of flexibility, you've got uh, closers on your bench, you got closers on waivers. You know, it just looks like this is a disaster waiting to happen. Um, so I think that's probably the strongest reaction you should probably have uh, to that situation. And, uh, of course, the Rocky situation, I'm not sure what you do there. Uh, you certainly do not start Wade Davis by <laughs> by any means this week. Uh, and I'm a Wade Davis owner, so i got to follow my own advice here. I've got him in two leagues. Won't be starting him in either. Uh, but, you know, that's the question of, if particularly if it's a maybe a, a little bit of a deeper format, uh, you know, do you use a, an Adam Adovino or a Sungwano? Well, Adovino, he had the opportunity maybe to grab the closers role on Sunday, uh, but he imploded. So uh, against the uh, against the Brewers, so that that situation looks kind of wide open at this point. I think maybe he gave 
uh, Wade Davis, Adovito gave Davis a little bit of a reprieve. Maybe Sung Wan Oh, who's been pretty good since uh, coming over for, for the Blue Jays. It was superb in the last several weeks with the Blue Jays. Maybe he's a, a, a good, in fact, I would say not maybe, he is a good speculative ad at this point. So that's a situation to keep an eye on. And I'd say the Brewers, too, uh, where Corey Knebel, uh had another uh Bad outing, uh, a two-inning outing where actually the, he was fine in the first inning, but then uh, gave up uh, the home run in the second inning, which I believe was the 11th inning of that ball game. So he has struggled. That situation is pretty much uh, back to being wide open like it was when Knievel was on the DL. And you had, uh, you know, you've got Jeremy Jeffers, you've got Josh Hader, you've got Joaquin Soria, uh, all, I think, could potentially be saving games over uh, the, the, the weeks to come. So those are like the situations really to watch right now. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you got the White Sox, which is just wide open and, and with nobody that's really that attractive of an option. Oh, I should mention one more. The Mets, Anthony Swarzak on the DL. Uh, so you're probably looking at Robert Giselman and, uh, and Seth Lugo. Probably splitting saves there. And also maybe not doing it for that long because uh, – uh, Swarzak may only be out for the minimum 10 days. So that's one, too, like the White Sox. I would pretty much avoid that one for right now. All right, well, uh, with no further ado, uh, let's get to the Twitter poll and your Twitter questions. Now, the Twitter poll involved Chris Archer, uh, and this one was inspired by my lineup setting earlier today and realized I've got a one-star Chris Archer at Colorado, and I really don't want to start him. And, you know, it's... Maybe that's not a great instinct to have because uh, before coming to the Pirates, he had been building some momentum and, and pitching a lot better. And But uh, anyways, I will tell you, again, just a full disclosure of what informed the poll here. In the uh, One of the leagues where I've got Archer, my best bench option is a two-start Wade LeBlanc. And I also don't want to start him because he's got the Rangers and the Astros on the road. And while I still kind of like LeBlanc at home, I'm pretty much over him on the road anywhere where he could give up the long ball. So, yeah, Texas and Houston, not optimal. Uh, but I thought, okay, well, who are some other two-star pitchers people might be thinking about? So I included Lance Lynn, who's got the White Sox at uh, Chicago. And he's got the Rangers, too, and he's got them at Yankee Stadium. And then there's Luke Weaver, who uh, has certainly been inconsistent of late. And he's got two really nice matchups at the Marlins, at the Royals, certainly in terms of venue, good matchups, uh, and maybe not great in terms of strikeouts, but should be good in terms of run prevention and maybe getting some wins. So those are the uh, the options are Weaver at Miami and at Kansas City, Lynn at the White Sox, home versus the Rangers, or LeBlanc on the road at the Rangers and the Astros, or none of the above, I just want to start Archer. And with 62% of the vote... Your winner is uh, Luke Weaver. And just to be clear, the way I, I the, this wasn't multiple choice. This was which one do you most want to start? So it was basically Archer or one of the other three. And Luke Weaver won pretty overwhelmingly. That, I got to say that surprised me. And the only thing that probably surprised me more was that 25%, one out of four, would actually go with Lance Lynn at the White Sox versus Texas. Uh, yeah, one good, really good appearance with the Yankees so far. But, man, that's a lot of trust to put in Lance Lynn. With a double dip, uh, I wouldn't do that. I'd actually feel much better about Archer with one start than Lynn with two. 
Uh, only 2% went for Wade LeBlanc. And again, I totally understand that. And 11% said, no, I'm starting Archer. I, I thought Lance Lynn would get fewer votes. I thought Archer would get maybe a bit more. And I thought maybe uh, Weaver wouldn't do quite so well. So I was surprised that 62% felt confident enough about Weaver. So, you know, nearly two-thirds, more than three-fifths, uh, saying, yeah, I'm good with Luke Weaver's two starts as compared to Chris Archer at Coors Field. So interesting. So I don't know if that helps you as a Chris Archer owner to see how your your fellow owners uh, feel about this. But I probably would. I, I would agree overall with the poll that even though I, I'm not totally confident in Luke Weaver, that I would take those matchups and the double dip against Chris Archer. Uh, and I guess where I take some issue is that if uh, Weaver's unavailable and I'm choosing between Archer, Lynn, and LeBlanc, I'm going with Archer. And in my own league, I'm going to go with Archer over LeBlanc. So, uh, and if my opponent is in this head-to-head league, is listening out there, uh, maybe they're they're feeling really good at that I'm going to do that. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, all right, so that's our Twitter poll. Let's get to our Twitter questions. Thank you so much for sending them in, by the way. We will start with at Kid Augie. Should I be starting Sano over Casti- Castellanos? Uh I personally wouldn't. I, that's that's a tough one, I got to say. But um, I just, I like the consistency of Castellanos a little bit better. Um, you know, certainly just the, 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 the better contact skills, uh, the, the, the greater consistency. I, you know, so obviously the upside with, with Sano is, is better, but not so much better that I would start him over Castellanos. So that, that would be my call there. Stick with Castellanos, at least for now, at least for one more week. And then also from uh, Kid Augie, start Bird or Martinez at first base. I'm not, I seem to be lower on Greg Bird than pretty much everybody who comments or asks me questions on Twitter. Uh, but this one really is, to me, a no-brainer, given that, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Tyler O'Neill now on the DL. So Jose Martinez, who had been struggling for playing time, uh, I don't see him missing the start this week, or maybe maybe one somehow. But uh, the last two uh, games of the weekend, uh, Martinez played in right field. It was Ozuna, Bader, and Martinez. I think that's what you're going to be seeing probably all week. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely go with Jose Martinez uh, over Greg Bird. No question. At Big Daddy Lowry asked me, uh, he says he owns Trout and Springer, has to start one, but could start LeMahieu or Camargo over one of them in the utility spot. Now, unfortunately, this was sent to me before the news, which came out right, right before we went on the air, uh, right before Springer went on the DL. So uh, maybe this question's already been answered. Uh, so you do need to start either LeMahieu or Camargo over uh, Springer in the utility spot. And uh, he was saying he's going with DJ. I, I agree. I agree. LeMahieu over Camargo. So, yeah, LeMahieu in the utility spot, filling in for the injured Springer. That sounds good to me. Uh, this is a head-to-head category league with OBP. So, uh, yeah, so basically the only unaddressed part here is Trout. And as I said earlier in the show, barring any future uh, information between now and 7 o'clock Eastern on Monday, uh, I'm going Trout in the outfield. I'm going LeMahieu in utility. So it sounds like that's already where you were going. So good luck to you. Uh, next question from at Mitch Pack 5 Head-to-head points league. Need to start two of the three. 
Paxton Gray or Marco Gonzalez. That one for me actually is is very easy. And I like Marco Gonzalez. Sort of similar, though, to what I was saying about Wade LeBlanc. No-brainer at home, absolutely, for Marco Gonzalez. Uh, more of a coin flip on the road. So overall, I certainly do like Gonzalez better than uh, LeBlanc. But uh, at Texas, when you've got the option to use a red-hot John Gray and uh, and James Paxton, to me, easy, easy call here. Uh, I'm going with Paxton and Gray. So uh, good luck at Mitch Pack 5 And our last Twitter question from old friend Craig in Chicago at CW Sox fan. Two-parter from Craig. Thames or Zobrist? Uh, <laughs> parenthetically, can Zobrist get some love? Yes. Zobrist gets is not gotten enough love on the show. Craig, I'm sure that's why you put that there. Uh, and boy, that's a tough one. I think that's actually, that's very much kind of context and needs-based. That's where we got to get the uh, contextual extra credit because playing time for those two is probably about a wash. Uh, and and Zobra certainly gets the edge in terms of the, the multi-positional eligibility. Uh, but by the same token, sort of pound for pound, uh, plate appearance by plate appearance, I do have a slight preference for Thames. So I'd say in a vacuum, I'm going Thames here. But if you have a greater need to fill a middle infield slot, then you know it's it's close enough that that Zobrist would get the edge. So I know that probably sounds, uh, you know, that sounds like a a, a weasel answer, but <laughs> I do think it's needs space or categorically, uh, you know, if you need home runs more than OBP, uh, you go Thames there. Uh, if you need OBP or batting average, you, you go Zobrist. So. Craig, I hope that helps. And you asked me another one that I shall have a much easier time with this one. Willie Calhoun or Brandon Nimmo rest of season. Despite the fact that he's really tailed off, I still like Nimmo better. I uh, figure he's nothing else. He's going to get on base. The power potential is there. Willie Calhoun is heated up, but I still don't know that he's really going to be all that productive uh, rest of season. So I'll take my chances there with uh, with Brandon Nimmo. So anyways, thanks again for all the questions. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, just a quick message here. Get your season ticket to Fantasy Glory right now with the 2018 Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. It's not just a draft kit. It's a full season package that takes you all the way from draft day to championship week. And it features in-depth analysis from some of your favorite FNTSY Sport Radio experts. So go to rotoexperts.com. Use the code WINNER to get 10% off on the Exclusive Edge Package, and then set aside a spot on the mantle for that 2018 championship trophy because you are going to need that. Uh, anyways, what I'm going to need here in just a moment is a break. because, <laughs> Well, because it's break time almost. But uh, when we come back, got a lot of stuff for you. Uh, we got, as I mentioned before, a weather forecast that you definitely want to pay attention to, uh, setting those daily lineups because there are a few games that look like they could very easily be affected by the weather. Uh, We'll see what lineups are out. I will have those promised follow-ups on Max Muncy and Kyle Seeger, because they were, in good and bad ways, standout performers on Sunday. Uh, And uh, a whole lot more. Uh, And I'm going to dig in quite a bit into Jack Flaherty's recent start and his recent series of starts, because I'm not sure there's a harder pitcher to figure out right now the Jack Flaherty. I will explain why, but I will do it right after this break. Be right back.
Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm Al Melkier. I'm your host for the show for the entire hour. Uh, so thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, going to uh, take you through the home stretch here with uh, some lineups, weather forecasts, get you all ready for your uh, daily lineups, and uh, take a look at some of the weekend's top and bottom performances. Uh, uh, maybe get you to think about some of those uh, weekly lineup decisions that you have to make. Uh, before we get to any of that, though, just a reminder that Fantasy Factor is the only exclusive single-entry single DFS site. They have free roles registering all the time and great promotions for free prizes. Keep a lookout for Fantasy Factor's free $1 million Survivor Contest opening about a week before NFL kickoff. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. So uh, let's get to some of the lineups. We've got a few of those out right now. Uh, frankly, not that much that, that uh, that's in those lineups. That's really going to be, I think, a, a game changer for you. But uh, we do have both the Reds and the Mets lineups, uh, Homer Bailey and Noah Syndergaard. That's why I'm interested in this one just to see which Homer Bailey shows up because he's made two really nice starts in a row. Uh, and I think this is going to be almost a daily thing where we're going to have to check in on the Reds outfield because that's obviously a very fluid situation right now with uh, Scott Shebler getting pulled off of his rehab assignment. And he's... Uh, apparently not not anywhere close to returning. Uh, so this time around, we got Preston Tucker in left field, Billy Hamilton, who's going to be probably more or less the constant there in center field, and then Mason Williams uh, playing a little classical gas in right field. Uh, I'm guessing some of you might not be might not remember that song, classical gas. It was by yeah Mason Williams. Anyway, uh, Mets uh, lineup, nothing much to see there. Uh, we've got the Indians lineup that's going to be uh, against the Twins and Kyle Gibson, Trevor Bauer going for the Indians. Uh, so nothing much to see there in terms of the lineup, but there is in terms of weather. And voila, as I was speaking, we got the Twins lineup out. So I'm just going to take a quick look here. Uh, another start for Jake Cave in center field. Uh, Logan Forsyth at second base. I don't see anything too unusual there. But again, for both the Twins and the Indians. And unfortunately, you got two good pitchers going here in Gibson and Bauer. Uh, I may want to think twice about that with, uh, with the weather. I will get to that. We have both the Cardinals and Marlins lineups. Uh, of course, this is under the roof in Miami. I'm assuming that the roof is going to be closed because it's August. Uh, and it's Luke Weaver, who we talked about before. Uh, so... Uh, overwhelmingly favored 
by my Twitter followers uh, to start over one start to Chris Archer. Anyway, Weaver and Chen in this one. And uh, Cardinals, you know, we're used to them kind of tinkering with the lineup. Not as many options now with the, with the injuries that they've got. So uh, Jose Martinez in there in right field yet again for the third straight game, uh, batting third. Uh, pretty much uh, what I would expect to be a pretty standard lineup for the Cardinals. And for the Marlins, a pretty much standard lineup for them as well. Uh, if you were wanting to use Miguel Rojas, uh, he is not in the lineup. You got JT Riddle at short and Martin Prado at third. No lineups yet for Mariners Rangers. That's LeBlanc and Perez. Yankees, that's Lynn and Covey. We don't have a Yankees lineup. We do have a White Sox lineup. Daniel Palk is in there at uh, DH uh, in the cleanup spot. And uh, Kevin Smith is back from uh, paternity leave, so he's catching, batting eighth. Cubs, Royals, yep, Ben Zobrist is in there. Talked about him just a little while ago. Uh, batting second, playing second. And it's at the Royals, so the DH is in play. It's uh, Hamels and Junis in this one. And Schwarber is going to be doing the DHing for the Cubs with uh, Ian Happ in left field. And no other lineups in as of yet. So do check on those before you totally finalize your lives. But also pay attention to the weather. As I mentioned before, a little bit of a situation in Cleveland, progressive field, 33% chance of precipitation for first pitch going up after that, although it looks like maxing out around 46% uh, based on what I'm seeing here on Roto-Grinders. So uh, that's definitely one to monitor. It looks like a little bit of a borderline call there. And uh, the White Sox hosted the Yankees. This one actually looks quite a bit worse. 59% chance of precipitation uh, for first pitch and holding fairly steady there uh, for the next uh, two to three hours after first pitch. So, uh, again, that was uh, Covey and Lynn. So if you were on the if you're on the fence about that two start Lance Lynn, whether you're talking about for the weekly league or just starting him tonight, I think I'd, I'd err on the side of caution in that one, to be honest with you. And then one more game here uh, to look at, uh, Pirates at Rockies. And uh, that one, I don't think we had any lineups in for that one, but that's Joe Musgrove and Kyle Freeland. So again, a couple of pitchers that that might be sort of borderline calls for you, especially for your daily leagues. And that's going to be a 37% chance of precipitation at first pitch holding steady for several hours uh, after first pitch. So uh, three games that I think you need to check in on once or twice, maybe obsessively just refresh. I don't know. However you want to deal with that, check in on that uh, sometime between now and uh, when your lineups lock. So how about that? Okay, let's uh, get on with some of the uh, stand-up performances from Sunday's games. And... As I said before the break, the the guy that I really want to take a close look at here is Jack Flaherty. But I want to talk about the hitters first because there were a number of notable hitter performances. Kyle Seeger, I mentioned earlier, a two-homer game. He's now got 18 homers on the season. Uh, This was against the Blue Jays on Sunday. His previous 21 games, and here's why I worry about Kyle Seeger with Robinson Cano returning in eight days. His previous 21 games, long stretch of games for Kyle Seeger, a 182 average with zero home runs. And I've I've been willing to go along with Kyle Seeger this year, keep him in my 15-team mixed lineup for most weeks because uh, I figure if nothing else, I'm going to get the power, even though the batting average and, and OVP haven't been there. 
But I've benched him uh, for the last couple weeks, and I'm going to keep benching him despite the two-homer game. Now, maybe that's going to backfire on me. Maybe this is that pivot point where Kyle Seeger is Kyle Seeger again, but that's just a whole lot of almost zero production over three-plus weeks uh, you know, with uh, a, a little punctuation by a, a two-homer game. So uh, you know, it's a wait-and-see week for Kyle Seeger even in some deeper leagues. Uh, but also, if it's if that wait and see turns into we're seeing not much production, then I, th- I think he could lose quite a bit of playing time, perhaps, when Cano comes back. We shall see. Well, Edmunds Diaz, on the other hand, he's going the other direction. He had a three-hit three game against the Mariners on Sunday, uh, including his 14th home run of the year, his 15th double of the year, and over his last 12 games, Diaz has just uh, been blistering hot, going 16 for 43. That's a 372 average with six home runs, a home run every other game for the last 12 games. And this is the part I love about this. Now, Diaz is not never that I can recall for any stretch ever been somebody that you worry about with strikeouts. But over this 12 game span that, uh, uh, again, encompassed 43 at bats, Diaz struck out twice. So he is just seeing beach balls at the plate. This is fantastic. So I, I liked the fact that Diaz was uh, going to Toronto. Good park for him. He, with the Cardinals, he hit much better for power on the road, which makes sense. But now he's got a great home park for power, and we're seeing the fruits of it now that he's he's playing more regularly. So he's somebody to uh, pick up if he can. Avisael Garcia, uh, two-homer game for him, numbers 12 and 13, plus his first stolen base of the year against the Rays with Merrifield. Not sure that there's much more to say here that we could have said, you know, before Sunday, but he had a four hit game on Sunday with the seventh home run against the twins. Uh, power has ticked up a little bit lately. It's certainly from that perspective, maybe been a little bit of a disappointing season. Although I also know a lot of people in the industry that were really discounting what Merrifield did last year power wise, but he certainly is not disappointed at all in terms of steals or batting average. And he's just, Piling on in terms of batting average with a, with a four-hit game. Mark Trumbo, I think this is now maybe the third time I've mentioned Trumbo in the last four or five shows. Uh, he was now he was in the position that Seager's in now where he had, I think it was a two-homer game or some big game that followed a really, really poor stretch. Uh, but that was a turning point for Trumbo. And on Sunday, he went three for four with his 14th and 15th homers of the season at Texas. But he's somebody who to be profiled as an underperformer. So uh, he, he seems to be following through on, on, on the promise that he was showing. And Jonathan VR uh, off to a good start with the Orioles. On Sunday, he went three for three, hit his seventh homer of the season, his 11th double, and got his 15th steal of the season. So maybe uh, Buck Showalter is making good on his promise to g- give the uh, green light to, to Jonathan VR. Evan Longoria. Need a third baseman uh, in a shower league? Go see if you can get Evan Longoria because he's swinging a hot bat. Three game, excuse me, three hit game for him on Sunday against the Diamondbacks. Hit his 12th homer, his 19th double. And since he was activated from the DL, no signs of rust to say the least. 15 for 42 for a 357 average with two homers, three doubles and a triple. So Longoria is a good hot hand play right now. And Adam Frazier called up recently and getting some regular play and uh, doing 
doing something with it. Really couldn't get it going earlier in the year. But this is somebody who's who's got some potential uh, to hit for average, if nothing else. Uh, maybe not that much power, maybe a little bit of stolen base uh, potential there. But really, if, you, if you're going to play Adam Frazier in a, a deeper league, it's, it's really for the batting average. And since he uh, was recalled, he started five of the Pirates games, including all four games where they opposed a right-handed starter. And he's gone 13 for 31 during that time. On Sunday, he had his fourth home run of the year and his 10th double against the Cardinals. So Adam Frazier, somebody to look at in some deeper leagues. And uh, all those, well, other, well, Seager, yeah, that's a positive one because it's two homers. But really the only one that's just flat-out negative here from Sunday is Max Muncy, who did not get the golden sombrero, uh, but only because he didn't get the fourth at bat. He went 0 for 3 with three strikeouts against the Astros over his last, last 13 games. He is 4 for 41. And sit down, hold your nose for this, plug your ears. 23 strikeouts in 41 at-bats. So that's why, even though the Dodgers have the Rockies this week in Coors Field, Muncie could see a little extra playing time. Uh, I don't want anything to do with Max Muncie right now. Hard as it is to believe, as good as he was earlier, he is just miserable right now. All right, well, we'll get to Jack Flaherty and some of the standout pitchers. Uh, but if you enjoy playing daily, fan- daily fantasy sports, but you're just sick, of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget about having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Instead, invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and then choose your matchups using the props builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. So before we get finally to talk a little bit about Jack Flaherty, worth mentioning that John Gray had another superb start against the Brewers. Uh, eight innings in this one. So he's been going deep into all the starts lately. Just one run, four hits, two walks, eight Ks. Uh, again, this was against the Brewers in Milwaukee. The only thing that's, I think, even worth noting here besides that is that he did get only seven ground balls. And after his previous start, I talked about how the really big difference between Gray right now and Gray before his demotion was that he's getting a ton of ground balls, I think a 60% rate after he got called back up. So, you know, one start, nothing to worry about, but just something to track uh, that he didn't get a whole lot of ground balls in this last one. But let's get to Flaherty because, I I mean, we, we don't have that much time left to really <laughs> fully dig into it, but I'll just try to give you the overview here. First of all, a very good start against the Pirates for Flaherty. Six scoreless innings, three hits, one walk, seven Ks. The, nothing complicated there. But his last nine starts, there's, it's just the weirdest mix of really promising and really discouraging uh, indicators for him. But the, the combined result over his last nine starts, including this excellent one against the Pirates, Flaherty's got a 3.94 ERA. Now, the reason why I'm going back that specific number, nine starts, because that's when there started to be a, a change in the trends for him in terms of getting more swings and misses, 
getting more chases on bad pitches and getting more freezes on pitches in the zone. That's that's the the golden combination there, right? <laughs> get the hitters to chase bad pitches and not swing at the good ones and have them miss the ball when they do swing. I mean, right? Those You have those three things. You would think you'd have a, a, a two ERA, right? Today he's got almost a four ERA over that stretch. He's allowed a lot of soft contact too. That's the other, you know, if you could add one more thing to the wish list, well, if hitters do make contact, let's make it soft contact. But he's given up eight home runs <laughs> over 45 and two-thirds innings in those nine starts. So it's it's very confusing. But I, I think basically the, the good stuff outweighs the bad stuff. And while it's confusing, I think more than not, I'm actually encouraged by Flaherty. Uh, so a few other, uh, I'll, I'll just let that, uh, you know, kind of seep in and, and let you absorb that because we got a few other pitchers here just to talk about before we wind up. Trevor Cahill with a really nice start against the Tigers. And this this really did look like a good matchup because the Tigers not very selective. If Cahill runs into problems, it's with walks. He only walked one batter in six innings while getting 10 Ks, six scoreless innings. So great matchup, great result for Trevor Cahill. And then uh, Shane Bieber against an Angels lineup that really was depleted uh, without Trout and uh, just not a good lineup. Five and two-thirds, two runs, but seven hits. But uh, overall, not too bad. And seven Ks, one one walk for Bieber. But that, I don't know that that really proves necessarily a whole lot. Uh, and John Lester, just not a good start for him at all. Uh, five runs and five innings on eight hits and two walks. Only one K. But at least the matchup was, oh, the Padres. <laughs> so that's not encouraging. And he's got a 6.81 ERA over his last seven starts. But sort of like Flaherty, I mean, overall, it's sort of, I guess, the reverse in that there's a lot of bad indicators here for Lester, but there's also some good, too, in that uh, he's not allowed uh, a high average fly ball distance, and yet he's given up nine homers in those seven starts. So maybe a little bit of underperformance there for John Lester, but the strikeout-to-walk ratio is actually pretty brutal. So that said, I think I'd still give John Lester a, a rest this week. So on that uh, note... Uh, time to head off and uh, finish setting lineups. Have a great time watching baseball tonight. Good luck to you tonight and this week. And I will see you here tomorrow for Tuesdays with Modica. See you then, everybody. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 fantasy sports.